Well, hello, ladies and gents, robertsykesketosavage.com. Hope you're doing wonderfully well today. Today, I have my good friend Josh Phelps on the line. Josh and I have been communicating via email for years now. He is uh, founder of Winchester Metals. He has a metalworking company in Virginia. Uh, they do a lot of fabrication. They fabricate the world-renowned Watchman Stove, which he hooked me up with. Um, he's been doing keto for four years. He lives the lifestyle. He's just a good guy. So I was excited to get on the podcast. We talked about business. We talked about entrepreneurship, how 2020 affected his business. We talk about uh, you know keto, how to instill those dietary uh, guidelines and make your not make, but incentivize uh, and suggest that you know your employees, your crew, your team, your family understand the importance in there and follow suit. So. We had a great conversation. I've got nothing but respect for this guy, um, and we're speaking the same language on so many different aspects. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast with Josh Phelps. And we are live, Josh. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Robert. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. Hey, man. Thanks for taking the time. So we've been, like, we, I guess email has been our primary correspondence over the past, who knows, man, probably a couple of years. You hooked me up with this awesome grill, um, and we've just been talking <laughs> keto and nutrition and bodybuilding for, you know, through email for forever now. So I'm glad we're on a, on a podcast together for once. Me too. It's exciting. It's fun to talk instead of just typing back and forth. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> so... You've got a lot to offer when it comes to, you know, the business world, um, what you do for a living and all of that entails. But I'd love to kind of get some backstory on you before you even got into business, before you got into nutrition. Like what, what kind of was the, the upbringing that led to that trajectory? Yeah, well, kind of like you, Robert, I mean, I grew up on a small farm here in um, Shenandoah Valley of Virginia mm-hmm. and um, wasn't our primary uh, means of making a living, but um I mean, we made hay, built fence, we had cows, um, all that kind of stuff, cut wood, you know, all the stuff. So just kind of growing up, you know, hands-on kind of work was kind of the norm uh, for us on any kind of routine basis. Mm-hmm. And then all my, my dad and all his brothers had, you know, all farm jobs and everything. But um, so that was my upbringing. Um, you know, I was the FFA guy in high school. I did all that kind of stuff. Um, I wasn't a great athlete even though i tried quite a few things um my brother got my brother got the athlete stuff um but then when i got to um the high school i got into swimming and i did okay at that but then um when i got into college i got into martial arts and i found that was the first thing i found where i thought i could be maybe above average um but the and then you know the weightlifting and stuff like that kind of came after after college when i got out of got out of college got into a job and um, kind of wanted to maintain, you know, some physical conditioning, but um, it just it was just something I kind of gravitated toward and and wound up uh, doing that. I, I graduated college with a major in agricultural economics, mm-hmm. and then um, a couple of years later, I went back and got a master's in business administration. Um, and I now, for the past twenty two years, I've uh, worked here at our um, steel distribution fabrication business in Winchester. And uh, my brother and I now manage that, the day-to-day operations of that business. So that's where I am. And when I can, I help people um, that want, want some help with uh, with going into the keto lifestyle. <clears throat> I've gotten into that the last couple of years, and it's really, it's really been fun. And I've enjoyed it, and that's kind of how I found found you guys. What was the main motivation for, for going keto to begin with? Because, I mean, you weren't really, you know, overweight or anything like that at the onset. Yeah, I, I often tell people I have the worst the worst, most boring story. Um, because I, yeah, I wasn't overweight. I had any eating issues, no health issues to overcome necessarily. So, <clears throat> so in that regard, I'm fortunate, but we actually at our company had, um, hired a, um, hired a nutrition coach to come in because obviously I've got an interest in wellness and, um, I, I just really wanted our employees to have an opportunity to learn about health and nutrition. So we, we found someone, uh, after interviewing a couple people to come in and actually just did some classes for us and did some teaching. And you know, I was, I was of course fascinated by it. I, um, I, I, like you, I did some bodybuilding when I was a little bit younger. So, you know, I had, I knew some about nutrition, but, um, I had a coach back then and I, it was very different than what I'm doing now, but mm-hmm. she, she actually introduced this concept of, of getting your body into ketosis and, um, you know, coming from that traditional 
uh, bro diet bodybuilder background, I thought she was nuts. Mm -hmm. So when I hear something like that, of course, I've, I've got to try it, right? <laughs> and so literally the reason I did keto is because I just wanted to see if it was all a bunch of crap or not. And um, and so I I started slowly making a transition of, you know, cutting back the carbs, of uh, trying to, the hardest part for me was really trying to find my way to get the fat numbers up. Yeah. And I just kind of equalized the protein as I was doing that. Um, but I'll tell you what made it stick, Robert, uh, for me was something that nobody told me about, which was the mental clarity and um, the ability to function on a little bit less sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, you couldn't have sold me on that because I wouldn't have believed anyone if they had told me about it. But it was very obvious to me after a couple of weeks of getting into what I now know was my body getting in the state of fat burning the way my brain felt was different than I had ever felt, you know, in my life. And I'm, I'll be 47, um, next month. So it was profound to me. Uh, and then I started noticing that, um, I'd go to bed, do my normal bedtime routine. And I was wide awake. That's mm -hmm. energy. I would go to sleep. And when I wake up the next day, I, I felt well rested. And, um, that's been, gosh, I'm probably about four years in now. And, um, it's been the same ever since it's been great. It's awesome, man. It's, it's interesting because, you know, keto is oftentimes pegged as the the magical weight loss diet. If you're at a grocery store checkout line, I mean, the end caps all show somebody that's lost a bunch of weight on keto, and that's just how it's kind of painted. Um, yeah. But it's exciting to see more interest, you know, gain, more momentum gained with keto in, in the department of just, you know, mental cognition, um, you know, mental clarity, obviously, and just the, the benefits beyond just losing weight on the scale. I feel like that's... I mean, people often, like, it's been said numerous times that people start keto to lose weight and they stay for the, all the other health benefits. Um, but, like, the, the, the cognitive enhancements, I mean, especially with you being, you know, an entrepreneur, business owner, like, that alone is worth its weight in gold because you're you're just much more productive. I mean, if you're working for, a like, a humdrum job and you can kind of just check out, punch the clock, and just go through the motions, you don't really have to be <laughs> that, that mentally alert uh, to, to be above the standard. Uh, whereas if you're like, you know, in a very high, high paced, you know, very cognitive, uh, demanding job, which you would be as a, as a business owner, like being able to, to crank that up a notch or two and require less sleep to perform at a high level is pretty much the, the greatest asset you can have in your corner. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. And, and, and the other thing that happened kind of naturally um, I don't do it on purpose, but, you know, cutting back the eating to only twice a day um, and, and no snacking. I mean, that's been a lot easier, too. You know, I've, I've got two young kids and the way our schedules work out, my, my wife's out of the house before I am. So the kids are my responsibility in the mornings and not having to worry about making myself that extra meal in the morning. Um, I can just focus on getting them ready and out the door. And um, I don't get hungry, you know, until lunchtime and sometimes a little bit after that. So. That whole thing has just been amazing. So the intermittent fasting for me happened not on purpose. It just kind of was the way everything kind of worked out and which also tells me that my body's still doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's been uh it's been great. Yeah, but the the uh efficiency and everything else in my life I just feel like has improved because I'm not worried about eating all the time. Um and when I do eat, it's a function of I'm just taking in the most nutrient dense stuff I possibly can when I get that opportunity and then I move on to the next thing and I don't worry about it again until the, you know, the next meal time or whenever I get hungry the next time. So it's, it's been great. So let me ask you this. I mean, you're, you're not like your career path is not dependent. I mean, you're not super deep into, uh, you know, the cutting edge ketogenic research from the standpoint of that's your livelihood. You're, you're into it because that's the diet you follow and you're interested in. It. Um, but, but that's not your primary focus from like a, like a career path standpoint. Uh, that said, do you find the information that you're just seeing online with regard to keto, um, like to be informative, educational, over the top? Like, is it overwhelming? I feel like a lot of people start keto now having no really basis or foundation. And if they jumped in with all the information that they're currently, they wouldn't even know where to start. Whereas, you know, you having done it for four years, you got, you got into it before there was just like this massive influx of content around the subject. Um, but just kind of like coming from your background, 
to where keto is now and you've been able to kind of see the, the progression of that what what's your take on just the information out there and do you feel like people are going to be jumping into this sea of misinformation or do you feel like it's it's pretty easy to, to digest and assimilate yeah i i think it is like a lot of things i guess happen people start figuring out maybe they make a couple bucks or whatever get some clicks they'll start labeling everything keto or whatever and and all of a sudden they got a website and they got traffic and stuff but in the you know in the beginning i was very selective once once i got introduced by our, our coach here about um keto you know i asked for a couple of resources and i haven't strayed far from them so I mean, that's how i found you and your content but um you know the rich some of the guys that were doing it originally like dr barry dr berg you know thomas delauer and those guys i just I just absorbed everything they had at the time and I kind of stayed with that. And then what I did though, after that was I found what worked for me. And then I, then I just look at resources now when I want extra information or take a deeper dive. So, you know, I'm always reading some book, you know, in the middle of some book on nutrition, weight loss, you know, whether it's keto or not, you know, right now I'm reading the, um, the obesity code. I think it's Dr. Fung's book. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, you know, read the stuff that Dr. put mm-hmm. that's all that so now my time more wisely where I'm picking a specific topic that I might want to know more about and diving in whereas before it was but I was very selective as to who I listened to yeah now I think it would be a little bit overwhelming and that's where I think a coach is helpful um and that's why I, I went you know I, I spent a year doing online classes and got my certification as a as a health coach and um set, set up the, my business doing that because I really feel like if you're going to do this, you, you need to have somebody walk you through it unless you're just super disciplined, but or it gets overwhelming and, you know, people can go off the rails pretty quick. What, uh, what certification program did you go through? I went through, uh, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I guess they're based out of New York. It was all online. Was it pretty, pretty up to date on the ketogenic research? No. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, the, the main reason I did it, Robert was, I mean, I, I feel like I had the knowledge on keto, but what I didn't understand was how to talk to someone about nutrition, mm-hmm. how to counsel them if they had, you know, maybe either a food addiction or some other issue that needed to be worked through. Um, if I had gone into it without having that little bit of help, um, I would have, I would have failed miserably because the types of questions you need to ask and to, to really coach someone through it's not just as simple as stop eating this and you should eat this instead. Um, you need to get to the root causes of why these things exist the way they have. And so I'm glad I did that. Um, it, I, I was turned off for the most part on that program only when it seemed like it kind of was pushing plant-based um, ideology. Oh, yeah. And that was a little bit annoying to the point of where it was, it was starting to overtake it. Now, they did have a couple guest lectures with like Mark Hyman with um, – um, I'll oh, shoot the names of what's now, but the, uh, the, uh, primal kitchen guy, um, oh, Mark Sisson. Yes. Sorry. They had those guys on there and they, they featured them and everything was fine, but they were way overshadowed by all the other guest lecturers that were, you know, from the other camp. And, um, but you know, if you're going to get involved in any academia these days, you're not going to hear everything you want to hear. So, that's the um, truth. <laughs> I, I focused on where I thought I was getting value, and I was able to put that in, you know, into use and practice now when I when I do coach folks. And I mean, I remember you emailing me about starting the coaching program. Um, you've been doing that now for how long? Because that's because you've been doing the metal working, like I said, for twenty twenty years. Um, yeah. And you've started the coaching over year, ago, past... year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, a year and a half ago. How's that been going for you? It's fine. I mean, I in reality, I can. You know, I can manage maybe two, maybe three clients at a time, and that's about it. Um, because I, you know, I'm married, I have kids, and a business, and everything else. So, um, so I'm really selective about who I work with, and um, and making sure that you know we're both going to get some get some value out of our time together. But it's it's so rewarding. I mean, if I if there's a way I could do that for a living, I think I would, and, I, and I'm sure other people would, would say the same thing. Um, just helping, you know, I, I've helped people get off of medications. I've helped people, um, you know, get off of things they were addicted to. One was popcorn, you know, one was uh, diet soda. The, the fact that they beat that was enough. They didn't care if they lost weight or whatever. It was just that they, you know, had those things get better. 
people have told me their you know skin issues have gotten better or things like that so that type of stuff is very rewarding to me what I, what I often tell people when they ask me like why in the world if you got a business you're running and you got married and kids and all that stuff why would you want to have a side hustle and I'm like you know my business is great and I enjoy it every day I enjoy the challenge of it but I don't actually get to really help anyone mm-hmm. and when I when I get to work with a client and you know, they come to me and they tell me their clothes fit different or their doctor couldn't believe how much weight they lost or whatever the issue is that I've helped them with. You know, you you can't you can't put dollars on that. That's just amazing feeling. And I, that's one of the reasons why I, why I really focus on doing that. Yeah, man, the coaching is really, truly awesome. Like I've that's not the main leg of our business, you know, umbrella by any means either. But I'll always have, uh, you know, a, a select group of clients because I feel like as a coach, having clients that I'm, you know, working with on a regular basis, it keeps me sharper. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm obviously able to help them, which is very fulfilling and rewarding, but it also helps me because it keeps me very sharp. I'm able to, you know, be on the cutting edge of what I'm doing with regard to macronutrient manipulations, uh, you know, supplement recommendations, things of that nature. Like I'm getting real time feedback. I'm able to do experiments on myself, uh, experiments with the clients, see what works, see what doesn't work. I think anybody that's you know, putting forth information, uh, especially in the ketogenic space, there's just so much to be gained from working with people if they're putting out good information they're seeing and their clients are seeing the results. Um, and the same is true with like the, the medical professionals, like people that are, you know, practicing doctors, they, they, I feel need to maintain some state of, you know, taking on, uh, patients and, and working with them on a regular basis. Because if, if you totally disconnect from all of that, you just drive, I mean, there's just a there's just a disconnect. There's a wedge there. Um, so I think always maintaining some type of you know one-on-one relationship with people, being on the cutting edge, keeping yourself sharp is so incredibly rewarding. Yeah, and I, I like it too because each client's going to have a little bit of a different issue or a little bit different reaction to whatever your program is, and so you do have to adapt and find new things. And that's that's what I'm doing now. You know, when I when I if I got somebody that just kind of throws a wrench in my system, I'm like, okay, I need to dive back in and help figure this out. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's been, it's been fun. Cause like I said, since I've been keto, my, my brain gets on my nerves actually, because I, I just have this constant thirst for, for knowledge and expansion. And it's, um, and so it's, it's a challenge that I enjoy for sure. Totally, man. And another nice thing about it is like, you're able to, to see patterns and trends that you would not really mm-hmm. be able to do if you're, if you were just using it, you know, an N equals one experiment exclusively, you know, any, I mean, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. So like people can, you know, excel with with a ketogenic diet that has, uh, you know, higher protein. You could do it with higher fat. There's so many different ways to reach, you know, the goal. But when it really comes to, you know, where the rubber meets the road, what's the most optimal, efficient way for the vast majority? And I feel like for me, at least being able to have, you know, hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years and kind of testing out different protocols, I can see where the pattern recognition lies with regard to, you know, how male male clients different from female clients is the higher mm-hmm. fat ratio perform better is the higher protein ratio perform better but i can kind of see all this real time and that really helps uh you know me determine you know any future manipulations i make with any ongoing clients yeah totally agree that's that's what i like the data collection you know spreading that stuff out looking at trend lines and and then when the next one walks in you can kind of figure out where they fit and you you know really make an impact and um that's what that's what seems to you know affect people when they pretty quickly see that either the scale move or the clothes fit different or something else, some other physiologic change. Um, you know, that's when you know you got them hooked and hopefully you've, you've not only just affected them in the short term, but you've hopefully changed their life for the better. And that's, that's the good feeling there. That's the good stuff. hundred percent, man. So what's it like being, you know, keto like you are and then having your, your two, you said two kids. Yeah. Yeah. Two kids and a wife. Are they on the same page or are they doing their own thing? No, um, I'm, I'm kind of on an island there, <laughs> um, but it's okay. Um, no, I mean, my wife has been a lifelong healthy eater as well. I, I, I guess I wasn't until I got really got into bodybuilding. I used to kind of just eat whatever and worked out hard, but, mm-hmm. um, but she, you know, she does, uh, she does most of the shop grocery shopping. I, I do a lot of the cooking, but, um, you know, we, we both like protein. Uh, we both like a fair amount of protein. We both like our fats. Um, but she, you know, she, she likes her every now and then occasional carbs, not a whole lot. She's really, uh, she, we've both gotten older. She's realized that grains don't really serve her well. So she's backed off of some of that, but our kids, 
if we just started younger, I think we would have had our kids on a little bit different path. But, you know, my my kids are nine and seven, so they were several years old and kind of had their palates somewhat developed by the time I learned what I, you know, what I've learned the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. but they eat very good. I mean, my kids' food is all pretty much all organic as much of as possible. It's either something I've, you know, I've killed or we've grown um, as best we can. You know, it's all, it's quality meats, it's quality vegetables, it's um, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they, what they, you know, every now and then they'll, they'll tear into some pizza or some chicken nuggets or something like that. And they're fine. But my kids are incredibly healthy and um, very, you know, they do very well in school and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so it's been good, but it, you know, the nice thing that w- when people talk to me about keto, they're like, Oh, it's so restrictive or I'm not going to be able to eat with my family. And I'm just like, you know, it's not that hard. Um, when you, when you f- make everybody's plates, you know, just don't put the spaghetti on your plate or, you know, if you're going to have, um, if you're going to have like, um, a side of some kind of biscuits or something like that. Just, you don't eat that. Just eat, eat one more helping of the meat or something like that. I mean, it's really not that hard. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is nobody cares what you eat. <laughs> I'll, I'll get that a lot. Well, what if I go to a, you know, what if I go to a party or an event or something like that? I'm like, believe me, nobody's paying attention to what you put on your plate. You know, somebody, there might be one person randomly that might say something, but all you got to say is, yeah, I'll, this is what I love or something like that. I mean, it's not that hard. And I think that's the the other reservation people seem to have is the social, um, the social issues with going on some of. Yeah, it's it's you know, uh, for the coaching helps out, but it's it, it it's kind of crazy, man. Like I've I've talked to so many people, um, and I I go on a rant on this topic, but uh, like <laughs> the people that allow their environmental factors to dictate what they put in their mouth even if it, you know, deviates them from their, their big picture goal, it just, it's beyond me. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when people say I'm going over to someone's house and it would be very rude for me to not eat what they have served. Right. Well, if, if, if you make what you eat known, they should respect that. And if that is going to infringe upon y'all's relationship, then hell, it's probably not that great of a relationship in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's the other thing I, you know, I learned in the coaching program, what they call primary food, which is your, your basically, you know, your life, your, your relationships, your friend, your job, you know, all those things, because that stuff impacts your health greatly. And so um, that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. I mean, my whole family knows, you know, knows what I do. So if like Christmas, when we went over to my dad's, you know, they were cooking all kinds of stuff. Um but I mean, I just, you know, I, I ate the eggs and the bacon. I mean, <laughs> I was perfectly happy and nobody said a word. So what, I didn't get eat the French toast or whatever else they had laid out for everybody else. And it's really, it's fine and it's not hard to do. Yeah, totally, man. Totally agree. Um, so you mentioned that you, you're hunting and you're growing a lot of your food. So talk mm-hmm. to me about this homesteading, man. What, what are, you have like a garden or something or what, what do you got rocking there? Yeah, we, we've got some above ground um, beds in the backyard that we, you know, we're growing, you know, vegetables, cucumbers. We do a lot of like kale. My wife grows a lot of kale. Um, we got, uh, I can't, I'm not going to think of anything. The bugs got us pretty bad this year. So the, the cucumbers and the squash didn't do all that well. Zucchini did okay. So just a variety of those kind of things. And then, you know, in, in the cold weather greens, we'll do pretty good with, you know, so cilantro, parsley, um, some of those kind of things. And then in the springtime, I, you know, like this past year, we planted, me and the kids planted some strawberries. So this year, hopefully they'll get some strawberries off their plants and stuff like that. Uh, we just want them to know about that stuff and make sure they understand you know, what it takes to grow some food, where it comes from, how to deal with it and everything. So that's it. And then, yeah, you know, I deer hunt, um, you know, rabbit hunt every now and then. And then um, when I can, I, you know, get on the water and do a little bit of fishing. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, we, Crystal and I are super excited to to start growing a garden. We have a, we used to have a garden way back in the day. My folks, you know, we when I was living with them, still we'd have a big garden. Um, and now, I mean, I just don't really eat that much that that much vegetation now. So I've kind of, you know, gone back and forth as to whether it makes sense to grow a garden. But I feel like if I yeah. grow it, I'd be a lot more inclined to eat it than if I was to have to buy it from a grocery store. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, honestly, I don't eat much vegetation anymore either. Um, but um, so what we grow is enough for you know my wife and the kids, more or less. And then every now and then, if I feel like throwing some on my plate, I will. But as yeah, as a day in day out practice, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of green stuff in my routine. We are 
going to uh, to raise some pigs, though. Crystal's been all about having some mm-hmm. pigs because she used to raise pigs way back in the day. So we're going to have some fresh bacon. And that, that that's much more up my alley than the, than the cucumbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get no argument from me on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, talk to me a little bit about... Uh, about the company, man, like the uh, the metalworking company. I, you you hooked me up, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, with this really badass grill, and yeah. it's not one. I mean, it's not like anything I've seen, you know, before you sent it to me. It's the first time I've seen anything like it, and I've got it at the, our new place now, uh, which yeah. we're actually going there this weekend. So I'll get that thing cranked up. Um, but but talk to me about that, man. What was the what was the you know the motive behind getting that thing set up? Sure, that's a great story. We, uh, yeah, we have a metal business here in Winchester. That um, so we we are a metal warehouse. So we have you know thirty thousand square feet of warehouse space where we we actually warehouse steel that we buy in bulk from the mills, and we you know we sell in smaller quantities. Then we have processing equipment, so I can you know I can cut, bend, plasma cut, laser cut, roll, shape, whatever um, metal and sheet metal and straight metal. And then we have a fabrication division where we actually you know we got a employee series of welders um soon to have two robotic welders also uh, and then we have you know quite a few trucks that we ship out on so that's kind of the really the quick and dirty of our operation 54 employees on two shifts right now um and the watchman stove to which you're referring came to us from a customer of ours named kirk um and he's a regular customer just kind of a he's a but he's uh, up and he's unbelievably talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, his, on um, I believe on social media he trades as a uh, seventy Kirkster. Okay. So if you look him up on Instagram or YouTube, um, I think that's his two places. Um, you can see he's t- he can airbrush. He can do just about anything. But um, super talented. Anyway, also loves to cook. So um, he came up with this design of basically taking you know, uh, a rocket stove um, format, which rocket stoves have been around for forever. Basically that's the, so the angled chute that you have on your stove that goes down into the burn chamber mm-hmm. and then a vertical chimney. So that design is called rocket stove. And you can make that with, you know, cinder blocks with whatever you got laying around, you can make that kind of thing. And he took that and just made it into kind of a, a small little, you know, backyard grill that you could run on wood. And he, what he did was he, he had it on his YouTube channel, just showing the welding technique. Um, he had no intention of making this as a product. He was just showing people, here's how you'd weld this to this. And here's how I figured this angle. And then he started getting hit up about, can, can you make me one of those? How much you charge and all this kind of stuff. And he, he did the honorable thing. He tried, he kept saying, I, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm doing until people wouldn't take no for an answer. And so he was a regular customer of ours. He'd come and talk to us about it. And I, I just kind of said, man, let's, let's see what we can do with this thing. And um, so we kind of came to an agreement that we would, we would manufacture and market them. And uh, he would help keep us, help us keep developing accessories and um, keep promoting it through his channels that he had existing. And it's been four, five years ago now. And um, so we've been yeah making and selling the Watchman stove. Now we set up, you know, got our own website. Um, got our own social media presence and we've probably put about 400 some of them out in the marketplace by now nice um we not only sell the stove but we also which robert you might be interested in someday is we sell a kit where you can actually buy all the pre-cut and shaped components and you can weld it together yourself yeah i'm, I'm all about that man i think you know yeah. welding having those skill sets is, is great um, but like the thing that impresses me most about this this Watchman stove is that most of the grills on the marketplace now, I mean, all, everybody listening to this podcast is all about eating meats. We've all experimented with about a million different kinds of grills, and most of them are just like the most like flimsy pieces of metal strewn, strewn together in like a haphazard way. Like I've got a Traeger, and not not to talk crap on the Traeger. I mean, it's a great grill, but like the yeah. the the grade of the steel used on the hood is just subpar for sure. I mean, it's broke on yeah. me after like a first month of use. And I just don't like things that are cheaply made. Um, yeah. Whereas this Watchman stove is like, I mean, you would have to put in some serious work to, to damage it. Like it's not going anywhere. It's rock solid. Yeah. So the the cooking surface of that is 3 16 inch thick uh, stainless steel. The, what we call the potato plate, the part that kind of goes around the perimeter at the bottom there is quarter inch 
plate and everything else is either three sixteenths or so um, metal. The whole thing, when it's all put together, weighs about 75 pounds. So, I mean, it's no joke. And um, we get it with a high temperature powder coat before we send it out. So it's made to last. That's the only problem with a product like this. I mean, you did a great thing with making something people could eat because then you got to buy another one. Yeah. You know, Watchman stove, you buy one and you probably never have to buy another one unless you buy one for a friend or a family member. But um, it is robust. That's how we describe it as a robust, almost indestructible type of apparatus. Um, it's great because it can run on you know, any kind of wood you can find laying around. If you're, you know, if it'll burn, you can throw it in there. Uh, depending on what you're cooking, you might want to be more selective. But um, we've also made it, you know, we got an adapter so you can run it on charcoal if you want. It tends to run on a lot less charcoal than like a than like a standard charcoal real wood. Mm-hmm. They're very efficient at burning, as you found, probably it burns very hot. Um, there's no problem getting it up to temperature to cook whatever you want to cook. And then the fun part now is, you know, we're coming up with different accessories for it. So we've got the griddle that we made. We, we, we actually re- redesigned the cooktop so stuff doesn't roll off anymore. Um, we've got a, um, a larger cooking surface that we go along with it. And, um, you know, we're working on a couple other ones now that are kind of fun. Working on a lid. We've got a hitch hauler. So that thing, will you can hook it up to the back of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yep with you, um, you know, tailgates, camping and all that kind of stuff, deer camp, uh, fishing trips, all that kind of stuff is the, the watchman will go anywhere with you. And like I said, it's, you can't really break it unless you. Try. Yeah, it is. It is super solid. There's no doubt about that. This is going to be a total tangent for anybody that doesn't have one, but I'm curious. Uh, so this is a selfish question on my part. Um, what, what is your recommended way of getting it started and, and getting a good bed of coals in there. I've tried multiple different techniques. Some work mm-hmm. better than others, but what is your recommended expert advice on getting that thing really ginning? So um, the only thing non-primitive that we recommend with this thing is we use like a propane torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually sell one on our website called Grill, Grill Torch. You can get them on Amazon too, but it's like they're, they're most of them are designed to burn like weeds on a fence row or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like you hook one of those little one pound bottles up to this kind of, propane torch has got a long um, neck on it and we stick that down in just put it underneath the first couple pieces of wood for two or three minutes so everything's burning really good and then you should be fine I, I don't like to use paper because the amount of ash that it creates yeah so that's that's how we normally do it but, so you basically get that going right in the chamber and then you, you can kind of go from there and of course on the bottom it's got that ash drop that door um, if you want to have extra draft to get it started you can kind of open that door like a crack or something and get some more draft in to help it really take off. But, um, yeah, if people look online, they, they can look at some of our videos, um, on the Watchman stove website and see how, how we get that thing lit and, and taken off. Very nice, man. What, what's, um, uh, I mean, I, you eat a lot of ribeye, I'm sure. What, what's your preferred grilling technique on the Watchman for the ribeye? Um, I like to get the stove like crazy hot, um, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get it, I'll get it to where I can, you can barely even put your hand over top of it. Um, slam the steak on there for, you know, one or two minutes aside. And then I slide it off to the edge a little bit. And I'll, what, the way you control the temperature in this thing is very primitive. I mean, I'll pull one or two pieces of wood out to try to drop the temperature back some. Mm-hmm. And then I'll slow, kind of slow cook it after that. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's like a hot sear. And then you kind of slow cook the rest of it after that. Nice, nice. I like, man, the the sear that you get from a grill like that, which is like the open flame, like you cannot replicate that That's any right. other way. Like you have to use open flame with like a good, you know, fire. Yeah. And, and what we tell people too is, that, you know, this isn't something that is convenient. It's not necessarily easy or any of that kind of stuff, but it's an experience. And that's that's what we really talk to people about when they're trying to differentiate between us and something else is you know you get it you get that thing going you're dealing with fire i mean it's it's like as close to being as primitive as you can get and that's what's fun about it you know like you take that thing to a deer camp and you stand around and you can cook on that thing for days on end um and never have to worry about it um running out of gas or any of that kind of stuff nothing's going to break on you and um it's fun i mean if you like sitting around a campfire you like doing this and you that the other thing you do, which now because I have kids, is fun. Is you can fold that lid back, you get a fire going up in the top, 
and it becomes like a bonfire. So we'll, you know, we'll do s'mores or roast hot dogs or something like that on a stick doing it that way. And we call that bonfire mode. And it's, that's a lot of fun too. Yeah. That's how I've got it set up right now is it's, it's just on my back porch in bonfire mode. So like, we'll sit back yeah. there, watch the sun go down and have that thing cranking. Yeah. It's great. I mean, and we're finding too, that people in more in, um, suburban areas that maybe have restrictions about open fire in their backyard or something, but they can get away with this thing. Cause it's technically, it's a contained, it's a contained fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, know, you know, the heat, all the hottest part of it is all inside that chamber. Um, and everything else is just, is just a chimney. And then un- underneath of it, it really doesn't even get that hot. People can put it right on their deck with, with no worries. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna switch gears a bit, a bit on you here. Um, yep. so with regard to, you said you had like over 50 employees, You're very much so an advocate for, you know, the keto diet, proper nutrition, health and wellness. Um, You obviously want the best for your team because the healthier they are, I mean, selfishly, they're going to be better for you, but then also you care about them because you care about your people. Um, So what's it been like trying to instill or just, you know, advocate that way of eating towards them? Because, I mean, you obviously can't mandate it, uh, but but you, (laughs) you want them to be healthy and you want them to buy in because... Uh, because they want to. So kind of how have you approached that from like a business standpoint? So what I've done the last couple of years, um, because the lady that was doing that workforce moved on to another career, but I, and I kind of picked up where she left off and I've created my own program now where I try once a month this past year, well, 2020 just was a mess for everybody, but and I'll put together a 15, 20 minute presentation. So I've done I've done a little bit about like my next one's going to be about carbs. I've done one about sugar. Um, I've done one about how to read labels. Um, so I'm not trying to sell them on any particular ideology. I'm just trying to let them know the information that's out there available to them and let them hopefully make good choices. And then the other thing I've done is offered myself to them at no charge. If anybody wants one-on-one advice or help with a particular nutrition question, you know, on the clock, they can come to me and we'll sit in my office and we'll we'll chat for 20 minutes, you know, once every other week or something and try to dial in and do that. And I've helped a couple people make some significant changes and it's, it's been great. So um, I wish I, I could find a way to bottle that and really get everybody on board. I mean, when I have those meetings, I, you know, I'm happy, we've got 50 employees and if I can get, if I can get 10 or 15 of them to attend, you know, those sessions, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Um, then you just hope that, you know, something resonates with them and they'll share it with somebody else. That's the best I can do. Like I said, short of mandating something or whatever, which I think that would backfire. So I don't, I don't want to go down that road, but yeah, I'm just really trying to provide an educational opportunity for people to learn about something that I'm passionate about, but I also think could, could impact them. So I, I look forward to really in 2021, I'm going to pick that back up and, um, get back in front of everybody on a regular basis. I love it, man. So you, you cut out a little bit there in the very beginning. So you're making these presentations and then just announcing to your whole crew, this is yep. what this topic's going to be about, you know, at this time. Come check it out if you're interested. Yeah. Sorry about the audio there. Yeah, that's what I do. So so I'll post it like I'll probably before the day's over today, I'll post one for next week. And ne- next week's topic will be about carbohydrates. And so I've got my PowerPoint presentation ready. If they want to come, they sign up and I'll do a couple different, you know, slots so we don't mess up production. And, um, I'll go through that, and if they got questions afterwards, I'll, you know, I'll do that. That's awesome, man. I love that that technique. I think, I mean, you can't ever force anything on anybody, you know. And I've, yeah. it, it's it's tough. It's it's been tough for me too, because like our company is a keto company, right? So like, <laughs> I I feel like it makes sense that the people that work here be keto. But I mean, again, you can't mandate that. Um, but it is cool when you get a team that, that buys into it. They understand what you're, what you're trying to do. They understand they, they can see the benefit in their own life and they, they're advocates for their own, their own health and well being. And then, I mean, I've, I've told my whole crew, you know, like you're, you're welcome to use the gym anytime you want. Um, you're welcome to pick my brain, Crystal's brain, and mm-hmm. just, you know, make the most of the resources you have at your fingertips. Because I think you know, the more people that have that commonality, uh, it's just, it just makes the whole team better. Agreed. And, and like, you know, Robert, I mean, when somebody's sick or out and you have a deadline to meet or you got something you're trying to get done and somebody's not there, it's really hurtful. And yeah. so if, if you can eliminate one reason for people missing work, which would be sickness, then um, I think you made a big dent. I mean, 
I don't I don't know the last time that I've even had like the sniffles since I've been you know pretty dedicated to keto. Yep. And it wasn't like I was a sickly person before, but I you know I got a sinus infection or two every year and missed a day or so of work or two days of work. But that hadn't happened forever. And um, you know, I, I just wish more people would understand how how much that could make an impact on their on their life if they would just adopt these things. There's side effects or there's benefits other than just losing weight. Hundred percent, um, man. I'm right there not, with you. I don't even know when getting, I was sick. Not getting sick is a great thing. And then when you get you know get to our size, obviously we got health insurance programs and stuff like that. And I can see the claims. I can't see what who who did what, but you know when claims numbers are down, your insurance rates are better, and everybody benefits from that. Right. Totally. Um, while while we're on the subject of business, man, what was uh what was it like going through 2020 and going into 2021 now from a business standpoint? Like did that. Was that? I mean, it's 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 rocked a lot of people's worlds for sure. Yeah, us us too. I mean, fortunately, we were we were only impacted kind of heavily in the second quarter of 2020 as far as revenues go. We and we kind of were able to maintain and and come back with a decent year. But you know, the, the hard part is like you know we're trying to run our business, and you you know, how do I grow? How do I increase profitability? How do I improve? You know our employees opportunities, things like that. And then when something like COVID comes along, like I became, I feel like I had to become, you know, an epidemiologist, you know, a, a compliance officer and all this kind of stuff all overnight. And so my focus just shifted completely in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh... I mean, what I felt I had to do at the time. So I'm I was putting out like two newsletters a week to our employees about what I had learned, what, what I learned about the disease, what I learned about what policies were being enacted, because all this new time off stuff came up. You had to try to figure that out. Um, so it was from a compliance and that kind of standpoint, when you're a small business, it's it's really hard because it's not like I have a department that I can say, go figure this out. You know, that was on me. Yeah. <laughs> and one or two other people. So it, it wasn't much fun. Um, people, you know, some people are scared, some people are skeptics, some people, you know, don't want to hear about it. So you have all that kind of mixed in. So it's, it's been, it's been rough. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, people that own a business and have, have done that, have lived that life, they understand the concept of wearing multiple hats. Um, mm-hmm. and like, it's, I mean, something like that happens. There's no, no, you know, forewarning to, it's like, you've got to shift your priorities. You got to think on your feet. You got to do all that while also keeping your current business processes, you know, <laughs> underway with things moving forward. Um, keeping overhead in check, keeping, you know, you know any future orders and checks supplies downstream suppliers i mean there's so many things that go into it and you throw a monkey wrench like that like you really have to be able to pivot and pivot in a way that no one could really ever plan for so i feel like 2020 was a great year for entrepreneurs to learn how to handle hardship in a way they probably haven't had i mean 2007 8 and 9 uh during the housing bust i mean a lot of entrepreneurs had to, you know, think on their feet then. A lot of them lost yeah. lost everything then. Uh, a lot of people benefited from that. Like, it just, having moments like this, you know, it's just, it's it can be very tough. I mean, it's incredibly tough, but it, it's such an opportunity for growth. And from a business standpoint, like, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I learn more about how to adopt and handle and manage hardships in a time like that mm-hmm. in six months than I could in two, three, four, five years when everything's running smooth, you know? Yeah. When, it, when things are easy, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to grow. So from that standpoint, it's, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we've gone through it and I guess technically are still going through it, but, um, but it was an unwanted, it was an unwanted thing for anyone. And it's, it's been hard. We've been fortunate here. We've, we've had, you know, a handful of cases or whatever, but um, nobody's lost their life or anything to this. Nobody's got any long-term illnesses that I know of. So from that standpoint, and, we, and we've done, everything that we were asked to do to keep everyone safe. Um, of course, I advocate for building up your immune system. And I think that's the number one thing you can do yep. to, to combat anything, you know, much less this virus. So um, that's, again, more and more why I keep pushing this stuff. But um, it's been it's been challenging now. And, and depending on where you are, you know, the state of Virginia has been particularly tough. Um, our governor has taken a much harder stance on businesses than some other states have and putting extra burdens on businesses to 
try to help stem the spread versus just you know personal choices and so that's been extra hard here in virginia um and so we're having to, we're kind of having to deal with some of that too we've had to alter our practices we've had to you know change our office around um, we've had to change break times and um cleaning schedules and stuff like that just to accommodate to make sure we're in compliance so it's, it's been a challenge did you notice any uptick in interest of you know like your nutritional topic like powerpoints and everything uh, especially when you're talking about you know boosting your immune system uh when all this pandemic broke out or did you i mean did you notice any change in your employee interest at all then um i get a few more questions every now and then you know what what should i do what should i you know what should i do and, and also i forgot to mention that we have we have kind of digital display boards throughout our um, manufacturing facility. So I put up a weekly, I've always put up a weekly post of some kind of nutrition little tidbit that I'll, you know, I'll, I'll download from um, Instagram or somewhere from the internet. And so I started putting up stuff about that, you know, about the benefits of vitamin D, about zinc, you know, about sunshine, about fresh air, um, all those kinds of things, just so that people have that information in front of them. But it's still like, you know, Robert, if somebody's not interested in taking that journey or taking that first step towards health for themselves, you're not going to make them do it. Yeah. So I feel like my role is to put the information out there, hopefully spark a question or two and start a conversation and hopefully have a you know more positive outcome for those guys if they choose that. That's the only thing you can do, man. I think you, you do it in a really positive way. That's non-invasive at all. I mean, anytime you've shot me an email or just communicate with me in general, like you come across as very like, this is what I'm doing. It's worked really well for me. Here's the information if you want it. And I think that's the best way you can do it. Yeah, that's, that's all I can do. And I, I just hope they hope they get some buy-in. And then, we, like I said, if we start a conversation, that's better than what we were doing before. And so I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. 100%. Well, what what's 2021 got in store for you, man, from like a personal and professional standpoint? Like, what are you excited about? Um, I mean, you know, I, I get excited about watching my kids grow, man. My kids are nine and seven. And... Um, so I, my daughter just started taking piano lessons um, and I'm actually taking piano lessons too, which is kind of fun. So mu- music's been part of my life for all, well, since I was born, um, mostly uh, bluegrass music, banjo, guitar, but um, that's always something I wanted to try. Um, I, want, I need to change up. I'm probably going to change up my workout routines a little bit. I mean, if you followed any of my stuff, you know, I work out in my basement. Um, and I have to do it quietly because my my gym is directly below my kids' bedrooms upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I can't like I can't slam four plates on a bar and crank out a bunch of deadlifts or anything. So I've been creative watching you know your your old buddy Brandon do his banded workouts and stuff. Yep, yep. Um, I've been adopting a lot of that, so that's been fun. Um, and then for the business, you know, we're going to really ramp up. I think in 2021 we're going to ramp up and try to get behind more of the marketing for our Watchman stove and some of our other products here at our business and get back to focusing on growth rather than just maintaining the, uh, the steel market is insane right now. The prices are going through the roof. So we're trying to see if we can hold the line on pricing on the watchman, but I don't think we're going to have to probably bump it some, but we'll figure that out here soon. Um, and, um, and then just, you know, I, I just continue every day to try to be, you know, be a good husband and father and, um, the best uh, you know manager and, and boss that I can be and hoping that provides some return for all of us. I love it, man. I feel like, you know, every, everything that I've ever seen you do, everything I've, any, every interaction we've ever had, like I've, I've got nothing but respect for the way you go about it, the way you carry yourself uh, and the message you're, you're standing for. So I think, I think all those goals in 2021 will be met for sure, man. I, I need to get out to Virginia and uh, check out your facility, man. I'm always, I don't know. I've got like this, this fascination with uh, warehouse buildings, how companies are structured and set up. Like, I think when you own your own company, it's like you, you can just look at every warehouse building and it never gets old. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing we try to do here is we, we never sit still. So, I mean, if, if you were to come here tomorrow and then you came back six months from now, I mean, it, it should and would look different because we've, you know, we've practiced lean manufacturing here. And if you, you might dive into that as your business grows, but, um, you know, so we're always looking at our processes and digging them, digging into them and trying to figure out, can we eliminate steps? Can I move something this way? Can I turn something this way and do it, do it better, cleaner, safer, you know, higher quality or whatever. So um, it is fascinating to get out and see how people operate and what they do. And um, yeah, I mean, we've always been open for tours. Of course, there's no schools to be touring us right now, but 
whenever that's allowed again, we open our doors and let and bring people in and let them see what's happening. It's it is fun and exciting and interesting uh, to check out, especially for somebody like you who's got that little bit of a background in um, you know metalworking and stuff. It's it's a pretty cool operation to see. Heck yeah, man! You need to you need to get some fabrication going on, like a like a gym or something set up there, like you know, bust <laughs> out of like get that plasma torch cranking and <clears throat> get the welders cranking and and build yourself like some some jungle gyms, trapezius things, all kinds of sets up rack racks, squat racks, and just have that rocking and rolling. That's probably what I should do. That way, I wouldn't have to get up at four in the morning and do it. I could <laughs> I could run run out on my lunch break and bang out a few reps, and I'd be back in, back in the office. There you go, yeah. man. I mean, shoot, if you could come up and fabricate some type of equipment that people can you can just ship to people's doors like when all these gyms closed down like they did this past year yeah. i mean shoot man that would be that'd be a high ticket item for sure yeah it seemed like a lot of that a lot of that got done in fact a lot of our guys a lot of our suppliers were saying as soon as that happened some of their machines were just booked up for months all of a sudden on the home gym manufacturers mm-hmm. out there that are doing that stuff i believe so, yeah, it um, i believe it's, it it's a good market well shoot man where can people go to find out more about you and kind of just follow along yeah well um I mean, my Instagram is just I coach keto. Um, very simple. I, I'm not. I don't have a big presence there, and I don't. I don't pretend to be a great uh, social media guy, but I, I'm there. Um, I got a Facebook page under the same name, and then and a website. And then um, I would love people to visit, um, you know, the Watchman Stove, thewatchmanstove.com, and then our our metal business is WinchesterMetals.com. Um, so we're located, like I said, in Northern Shenandoah Valley, Virginia, and we service you know Virginia, Maryland and parts of West Virginia and Southern Pennsylvania. So awesome. um, people in that neighborhood want to check us out. We'd be glad to glad to hook up with them. Very cool, man. Well, I will certainly link out uh, to all of that. Rest assured, I'll be grilling on the Watchmen this weekend. And if you're ever in Good. Arkansas, man, let me know. We can, we can meet yeah. up here as well. I'll find my way out there someday, buddy. Sounds great, Josh. Always a pleasure, man. All right, Robert. Take care, man. Take care.